Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We're back, baby. It's the Horns Up Talking Texas podcast. Fisher Disciples, DJ, Nikki, Snacks, Kreider. Gentlemen, good to see you guys. Good also, to see you. Shout out to Texas Sports Unfiltered. We're here now. Good to see you guys yep. as well. I feel like we are due for a little introduction because we have a new audience. Yeah, go for um, it. Man. So the three of us are all Texas grads. Uh, I was a walk on to the Texas football team under Coach Charlie Strong. Uh, the three of us also host the charity stripe podcast if you've referred to us saying the charity stripe that is our um, overarching podcast that we have started uh, over six years ago just all-encompassing sports show we've had Matthew McConaughey on we just had Sebastian Maniscalco on we've had a bunch of sports legends Marshall Falk Bill Walton Austin Eckler uh, the list goes on so if you want your daily dose of sports talk outside of Texas sports the charity stripe is also a place for you but um, we're all uh, actors living in LA. Uh, I make music myself. So if you ever refer to myself as DJ Nikki Snacks, that is my DJ name. Uh, Josh always likes to intro me as DJ Nikki Snacks. Toss is an actor. Josh is an actor. Uh, we also all work for the Believe Network, which is uh, the host of Horns Up Talking Texas and the Charity Stripe. Uh, J- Josh is solo dolo now. He was a producer there and, and Toss is a producer. So that's a nice little introduction just about us. I, I know that we're new faces. So I uh, wanted to give you guys the the tea on who we are. Excellent. And there's Have one I missed more anything? Thing. You did miss one big piece of the show, I think, that they haven't seen yet. Yeah, they yeah. So so our fourth member of the show um, joins in once a week. You know him as Longhorn legend Quan Cosby. So he That's should right. be joining us this week. Yes. He will be you know him as, num- as number six. Yeah, and you'll get to know him. You've seen Lock on Lindy Holmes. What's up, Jens? Yeah, that's a great introduction for those now listening to us in Texas Sports Unfiltered. So it's good to see you guys. And now you'll get to know us um, a bit more as we come to you daily. It's I think it's at 545 CTPM, which is 345 on the uh, West Coast. And now that I'm East Coast, that's 645. Great time to tune in for us to talk about Texas football, basketball, and all things Texas Longhorns. Um, let's start... Let's start in a little recruiting news, a little recruiting yeah. chase. We, we hit another home run. I mean, when we recorded our show yesterday, we picked up XF, which you know he's going to be good, that they're already calling him that. Uh, safety, he was hard to commit to the Florida Gators. Xavier Filsamy, he is now with us as a member of the Texas Longhorns, which is unbelievably yeah. exciting. The witching and hour. The witching hour. Nine days tomorrow. Yep. Yeah, it's a it's a massive you know last second poll from Sark who we were itching for him for a long time. So it's great to bring him in and, and and you know continue to dominate. And Sark, you know, was tweeting about it. Gideon was tweeting about it. Like our coaches are fired up and they're really pumped to get these guys and, in the building. And they went on Instagram Live them as in Xavier Filsame, and he was joined by Colin Simmons on his IG Live. And they were just talking up Texas. You know, they were throwing up their horns. You know, they were saying if you want to win, come to Texas. And then Phil Samay asked Colin Simmons, he goes, you gonna, uh, you going to enroll early next semester? And he's like, yeah. And he goes, all right, I'll see you there. That's and amazing. We have a record 
uh, we're set to have an, a record in Texas um, program history of early enrollees for this 2024 class. So I'll read them off to you really quickly. Colin Simmons rounding it out, number one. Brandon Baker, Ryan Wingo. Uh, Brandon Baker is the off in the tackle five-star. Uh, Ryan Wingo, five-star wide receiver. Xavier Philson, as we mentioned, five-star safety. Kobe Black, corner out of Waco. Uh, uh Jarek Gibson, the running back, always nice to have a nice running back come in the system. You know, we want to keep on building RBU. Wardell Mack, cornerback um, from Louisiana. Mm -hmm. Daniel Cruz, interior O-lineman from North Richland Hills. Uh, DeAndre Robinson, D-lineman out of Orlando, Florida. Zena uh, Umezulu, uh, edge out of Allen. Uh, Christian Clark, another running back out of Phoenix, Arizona. Parker Livingston, wide receiver out of Lucas, Texas. He's swag. Yep, he is. Jordan Johnson Rubel, safety out of Fort Worth. Nice. Jordan Washington, tight end out of Houston. Trey Owens, QB out of Cyprus. And then Alex January, uh, D lineman out of Duncanville. And then they said there's one more possibility that could uh, early enroll. And I think it probably comes down to these next couple of days uh, mm -hmm. because timing is tomorrow. Ty Anthony Smith, who is right now verbally committed to Texas A&M. He's a linebacker out of Jasper, Texas. He's got a 75% flip uh, percentage on on three. Um, I mean, we all we all know, you know, A&M has been in shambles all offseason. So booty it's station, nice bro. to be the nice little cherry on top. Yeah, booty station. That's what they are. I mean, I want to say two quick pieces. Uh, Trey Owens is a guy from Cyprus who, like you said, quarterback who's a three-star. He's moved up to a four-star. He had a really excellent uh, season this year. So, And he is, if you follow him on Twitter, one of the guys that beats the Texas Longhorn drum loudest. So, he, he, so, he's, vocal. so he's vocal on, on social media. Alex January, who we mentioned last show, was Colin Simmons' running mate on the defensive line. Not Simmons. Alex January won the 6A Defensive Player of the Year. So, And somebody commented on our show the other day that Byron Murphy's a three-star, Devondre Sweat was a three-star. You know, some sites have January as a four-star, some have him as a three-star. And at the end of the day, it's ultimately how you develop, and he's a big boy. Guys like him, guys like, you know, Cruz, like our interior linemen, like those guys are going to be massive pieces to continue what continue the foundation that this team built. It's not only about the championship for me. For these guys are making it to the playoff, which I saw someone tweet out yesterday. Look at the Texas program. You know, the Texas programs have done, you know, they went to the Elite Eight. They're doing well. They're in the top twelve and top twenty-five in hoops. Women's hoops is obviously good again. They won a back-to-back -back championship in volleyball. We've made the playoffs, won the Big 12 in our last opportunity to do that and have a shot to go to the national championship for the first time in over a decade. Um, but what the foundation of this team built it's moved away from a couple of guys who are really good and could be pros, a couple of skill players who are flashing and put up big numbers to real trench work and real serious interior offensive and defensive line uh, work. And I think guys like, you know, January and guys like Cruz who may not be the highest touted guys, but will come in there and put in the work and have had success in high school and have, you know, a great physical stature. I think those guys are going to be the guys that help carry the torch. I'm hoping to continue on what this program has built this season. Well, your point to them all being three stars when they entered, right? Byron Murphy, Tavondre Sweat. Um, honestly, like those type of guys that come into our program, knowing that there are other five stars and four stars in their class and, and guys starting ahead of them, they play with a chip on their shoulder. You know, they could have easily gone to a smaller Division One college. You know, they could have gone to Division One AA. They could have, you know, gone to, you know, Tulsa, Toledo, you know, even, even like a Kansas, Kansas State and been – you know, probably the stars there and they end up working their way and become a star at Texas. I think they play with a little bit of extra to, uh, intensity and, and ferocity. 
So I like when these guys come in here and have to work for their jobs because at the end of the day, we say it all the time, best player plays. And, mm. you know, it, it's a mindset sometimes more than the physical uh, aspect of things. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. T, you're muted. We might have to pull the clip for when we had Matthew McConaughey on our show and he was talking about, you know, the, the star doesn't matter. It's about having that five-star mentality. Um, because it was a great quote and obviously it's McConaughey and talk about beating the Texas drum. There's no one that beats it louder than that guy does. So, uh, we'll, we'll have to throw that clip in so that whenever we bring in a non five-star recruit going forward, we can just play that real quick for the fans. six stars. I think he said six star, right. Is what he said. That's why we got to pull the clip. The only thing he says he beats louder than the Texas drum is his chest. That man, he's obviously, you know, such a big proponent. And, and you know what? Like, it's a where you're always proud to be a Texas Longhorn. It's a great school. It's a great university. It's a great city. And I always tell people the most beautiful part about going to college there is you're going to college in a college city. You get the best of both worlds. It is like a college town feel. You get to have the college aspect, but you're also like in full on Austin, Texas, which is a rapidly growing city. And it's a rapidly growing entertainment space, which I think a lot of young individuals in college you know, are gravitating more and more towards even than when we were there. And they have great programs for that at the university. So it's now, despite being such a great school, all the success we're having in sports and now mainly football, which is our biggest money driver, no matter how you slice it, it's an even better time to beat that drum if you're a Texas Longhorn fan. So I, I think it's very exciting. We got, again, like I mentioned, uh, Emery Winston, I believe I mentioned the tight end commit yesterday. It's another big one yeah. for Sark. More as a guy, he's a, he's a 2025. Uh, yeah, so he, he's the second guy committed in our 2025 class, which is awesome. I mean, to get him early, yeah, it's, it's I mean, it was a great day yesterday. But your, your point to Austin, um, you know, it's about time that we're like utilizing and capitalizing on the great city that it is. You mm -hmm. know, what I mean, we're, we're not, I mean, now that there's a professional soccer team for a long time, we were the biggest uh city in the entire United States without a professional sports team. Now, I mean, mm. we're still the biggest city in the United States without a big three sports team, you know, baseball, basketball, football, and, and not even hockey. Um, but I think it's about time that we start utilizing kind of what Austin has to offer with all of the businesses that are popping up, tech companies, uh, headquarters, you know, for Tesla. Mm. Formula One is there every year now. I mean, we always talk about ACL and how important that is sometimes for recruiting. You know, I mean, when, when I was down at ACL a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago now, saw Max Asmus and, and, uh, and Brock Cunningham. I mean, like the, these athletes on their weeks off, like they want to enjoy the city. South yeah. by Southwest, like a lot of these kids, you know, they, they want to continue to build their, their personal value and, and their social presence. And being in a city like Austin gives you a lot of opportunity to do things and be exposed to, a lot of different avenues outside of sports. Yeah, a guy like Ace Smith, we saw him running around with Brock Cunningham. He was, and they were boys, and it's like, that's Cunningham's job is to welcome him to the team, right? Yeah. And, you know, and it's good to see XF and Simmons. Like, we've seen that, I feel, with other recruits, you know, in, in past years. We kind of saw it last year and the year before that with, like, the recruits getting hyped up about coming to UT. But, again, it's such a big brand. You have, like, the symbol when the symbol's rocking and you get to just whip this out and you get to cook this, like, wherever. It's It really means something. Yeah. So, yeah, it's great that we're taking advantage of it. Um, And it's great that, you know, our ambassadors are working well. I mean, we have some of the top, you were telling us before the show started, Nick, some of the top NIL athletes in the world. Yeah, so this is a pretty interesting um graphic that I'm going to pull up right now on the on three um nil rankings list so it's, mm -hmm. it's basically the value of uh nil athletes 
Um, and I don't really know how they like, I think they like pool like social following and stuff and they sure. put a numerical value on it. So number one is Bronny James. I don't think anyone mm -hmm. has any questions why that is LeBron James son. He plays basketball at USC. Number two, Fair. Shador Sanders, uh, Sanders quarterback for Colorado. Number three, Livy Dunn. She's an LSU um, gymnast. She's uh, dating Paul Skeens, who was drafted by the Pirates. Pirates? Yeah, by the yeah. Pirates. Um, and they look at social following. Like she's got 12 million followers. But number four is Arch Manning. And, you know, doesn't have nearly the size of the following, but then the day he's a Manning. You know, he's got his uncles that run the Manning cast. His grandfather's an NFL legend. Uh, his father's, you know, in Caesar's Palace commercials all the time. We got five Caleb Williams, number six, Jaden Daniels, number seven. Uh, if you don't James mind Smith. just holding for two seconds there, which is, I mean, I know the Manning name is like such a valuable last name, but it's still so like, I don't, I, I don't know if he has, he might have that if he goes to Ohio state, but I definitely think our branding and our value as a university helps amplify that. I mean, oh, look, yeah, no Arch Manning is ahead of Caleb Williams when the highs when the Heisman last year he was on TV in commercials. Jaden Daniels just won the Heisman. Travis Hunter has his own podcast, has his own show that people tune into, and he's the best two-way player maybe we've ever seen in college football. Yeah, yeah, no, not, that's a good not, point. not to mention just to throw in there, like Ohio State is the Midwest. You know, yeah. it's it's not the Southeast, it's not the South. His family grew up in the South. He grew up in New Orleans. Like his dad played, his grandfather played for the Saints. Right, Peyton went to Tennessee. Eli went to Ole Miss. Like they have their roots in the Southeast. That's where mm -hmm. people know them best. So I, I think just in regards to Arch, and obviously, like these are conversations that were had two years ago during his entire recruitment process, but you can't undervalue how indispensable it was and how indispensable it will be of of where our school exists. And we're talking about the city of Austin, mm -hmm. but you know, we're kind of in, in ways, uh, wanting to become the capital of the SEC as far as, you know, right now you're taking it away from, you want to take it away from Athens, you want to take it away from Tuscaloosa, right? But Austin, yeah. Texas offers a lot of different things that those two cities do not have. Um, and so obviously, you know, those universities we're talking about the recruiting trail, they're still dominating there, right? Um, but, but interestingly, before we get to the rest of this list, Georgia, Alabama, Texas, LSU, None of them have hit the transfer portal like a team like Ole Miss, right? Who has 15 new guys coming into their locker room. And you could, you could poo-poo us, I guess, for that. But you could also say, no, we're building it in the right way by bringing in X amount of recruits that we then want to develop. And we'll, and we'll get those cherries on top to be those transfer guys who are coming in as, as veterans, as upperclassmen, juniors, and seniors who can really be contributors in whatever yeah. the sport is. You don't need 90 million transfers. Like, like Ole Miss brought in Spencer Sanders from Oklahoma State last year. You didn't see the field, really. Like, yep. and, and, like, they're bringing a lot of great guys, but we – okay, the guys we brought in, like, Matthew Golden was really specific. Like, he's a good wide receiver, and he's a good return specialist. We needed that to replace Xavier Worthy. We're going to need some help with the safety safety position because we like to rotate guys and we like yeah. having depth there. Makuba is, is there, and he, in 344 coverage snaps – Zero touchdowns. So yep. we're picking in the right guys. And Trey yeah. Moore is a really good piece. Ole Miss with, with their transfers, I mean, you, you got to believe that, like, maybe, you know, a third of those guys are not going to be playing much next year. I mean, that, there's a lot of guys that came over there. And so they're just trying to stack depth as much as possible. But, I mean, I respect what Lane Kibben's doing. He always dominates the transfer pool. He, he's done it every single year. Um, but, yeah, as we continue to go through this list, uh, Travis Hunter, Bo Nix, Angel Reese, so basketball player of LSU. I mean, she's probably the the most famous women's college hoops player right now. And then Quinn Ewers at number 10. 
Wow. So, I mean, that just shows you right there. We have two players. I think we're the, uh, besides Livy Dunn and, and Angel Reese, we're the, uh, and I guess Colorado and uh, with Travis Hunter and Shador, we've got two quarterbacks in the top 10 right here in NIL value. So mm-hmm. I think that says something about our, about our system and just kind of what our um, university has been able to bring to the table in terms of uh, NIL. And then uh, down this list a little bit, uh, number 35, this is kind of a, a a wild one, but Sam Hurley, he's a track athlete uh, at the University of Texas. He's the number 35th overall NIL athlete in the NCAA. Um, as you can see, he's got a huge social following um, on Instagram, on TikTok. So the power of, of, of social is, is huge and key. And I think University of Texas is allowing players to really, you know, grow their brands and, and help them. Yeah, you have to, you know, again, you have to jump and roll with the tide or you get hit by it. So I, I think, you know, UT and Texas and all the, all the coaching staffs and, and all the things in place, we've we've managed the wild, wild west, what everyone thought it was of NIL pretty damn well. Um, but yeah, again, like really great day out of Sark and Co. Really, as per usual. And, you know, I think it, I think ultimately it's very cool what Ole Miss is doing. And we said in our show the other day, like it'd be great to have Ole Miss back in the saddle and be competitive and get that, get the Grove ignited. Um, and the, they have great uniforms, great swag. Lane Kiffin's cool, but they still have to deliver on the field. Like A&M brought that recruiting class in and it was amazing, but where are they now? Nowhere yeah. because they didn't deliver on the field. Our recruiting class to me was exciting last year and it's even more exciting this year. And, and it's getting more and more exciting because we're starting to deliver on the field. We're following through. Like not only are we getting great recruits, but we're actually winning football games, making and, and and making do with what we're getting. Versus like, oh, look at this great class we had. Well, are you you're not in the playoffs? What's the show for it? Like if Ole Miss misses the playoffs, great transfer class, cool, but like that's all you got. You, you don't got really anything. What you, you don't have the hardware. You don't have what you need for it. Yeah. Well, the good thing is, is the playoff, the college football playoff, is extending to twelve teams, right? So. Who's to say that this year, a team that lost to Georgia and Alabama, if they do the same thing next year while bringing in more talent, um, why wouldn't they be in the in the college football playoff, right? So that yeah. that's part oh, of the really reason. This year. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And it's important for us to to look forward and, and know that, you know, next season we don't have to be perfect, but we need to be next to perfect if we want to continuously get back to the college football playoff. Um, yeah, it's a good point. I don't think it's a good, I, th- I think, you know, that you're making is like, look, yes, it's 12 teams and yes, they would have made it this year, but it's not a gimme. Like where there's so much conference realignment, like it, they're not going to put nine teams from the SEC in the college football playoff. It's just not going to happen like that. No, but they might put four or five four or five sure but like the if you're putting four or five teams from the sec in the college football playoff you know you're going to have a competition between texas ou alabama georgia ole miss mizzou now right i mean as as it stands right now and like how the final ranking shaped out in like the current sec without texas ou there's four teams it's bama georgia mizzou ole miss and then if you add texas and oklahoma that makes it six yeah, I, I just think it's going to be a little tougher. And one of those teams probably gets bumped out, right? Whether it's Ole Miss or it's Oklahoma, right. one of those teams might not make it. They still have to you play, also imagine that some of these separate losses from each other. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like they, You're adding an extra SEC game into the mix. So the yeah. schedule gets a bit tougher. Um, yeah, and look, they're going to take a team from the Big 12. They're going to take a team from the ACC, I mean, uh, ACC and they're going to take a team 
like Notre Dame can make it like whether we like it or not, they've recruited pretty well on the transfer portal. They brought Riley Leonard, the guy that tossed thought could be the top transfer quarterback. They brought him from Notre Dame. Um, but yeah, other transfer news, Dante Moore, who was a top five star from UCLA. Pretty interesting. Yeah. He's going to Oregon. I guess he's going to back up Dylan Gabriel, learn some more of the ropes over there in Oregon and then hopefully take the reins from him once he moves on. Yeah. It's interesting. Season. Cause like they're, they're two of the top quarterbacks in this transfer portal. Obviously, Dylan Gabriel out of OU has one year left of eligibility, so I imagine he just tries to pull the bull Knicks, build build the value up, and go to the draft. Um, you know, hopefully be a first round draft pick, and then uh, more can back him up and then build his value the same way. Yeah, um, I mean, I think it's smart. At the end of the day, right? Like keep yourself healthy for next year in college, let your body mature a little bit, and then as we've seen time and time again, Oregon's just able to to flourish with their quarterbacks just the way their system moves. Yeah, I saw a funny yeah. post. It was like Chip Kelly thought he left for greener pastures, but they recovered faster than Chip Kelly did. Like Chip Kelly left them for not, but like Oregon pieced things together faster than they did, which is which is definitely pretty interesting. And Dylan Rayola. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the power of before you get into some cornhusker talk, that's the power of Eugene. That's the power of Phil Knight and yeah. Nike. You know, mm-hmm. it, there's a reason why the, honestly the biggest head scratcher of those top ten. To me, is probably Bo Nix. I know Bo Nix was in the Heisman race, but going into this season, when you think about marketing, you think about social media, like how often was Bo Nix talked about in comparison to guys like Caleb Williams, athletes like Livy Dunn, guys like Arch Manning? Like it's not, it wasn't the same conversation. I know he kind of played himself into that. Same with Jaden Daniels. Um, Although, you know, LSU is a a college that gets a lot of NIL money. So I wouldn't necessarily be surprised that Jaden Daniels is in that top six or wherever he was. But mm-hmm. Bo Nix was definitely like the most asterisk looking one yeah. in my mind in that top 10. Yeah, I, I like that point. Uh, London Humphreys is officially with Georgia. Yep. Uh, to go back to the finals, what's going on? He was from Vanderbilt. He was a top wide receiver. He'll probably replace Lad McConkey. Uh, LT Overton, one of the guys from that famed AM recruiting class, Bama. defensive tackle. He's going to Bama. Um, McCord, we didn't mention this the other day. He's going to Syracuse and someone was like, is he going to get, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr. to play for his father's alma mater? That's doubtful. He's going to the draft, but very, I know, just a fun It's the DeVito tidbit. momentum. It's the DeVito momentum. Yeah, 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 yeah. Caden Green, uh, OU to Mizzou. That's a big offensive line move. So that was that was definitely really interesting to see. USC's losing a couple guys. They're losing Malachi. to Mike Jackson, Tackett Curtis, like the underclassmen who are big recruits. Malachi they, Nelson. Ma- yeah, they lost Matt. Thank you, Malachi Nelson, who was with Lincoln at OU. Uh, he he had lost. He wasn't even the backup quarterback. He was the third string, and I think he was. I'm, I imagine a little discouraged when he saw that, like the rumor to get Will Howard, Cam Ward. Like they're going to the transfer portal, so he's putting his name back in the transfer portal, which is super interesting. Um, and that's, I think that pretty much is. I don't think I'm really missing anybody else. That's, yeah, you they're, mentioned they're the bandy all... receiver, receiver, but uh, LSU got AJ AJ uh, Swan, who was the Vandy QB, which is interesting mm. because mm. Garrett Nussmeyer is presumably supposed to be their starter. So more and more teams, a similar thing to Oregon, are are going after not only their starting QB in the portal, but also their starting QB for the, the years to come, which is a risky play for the individual kids themselves. You um, need one year, man. Though you only need like Mac Jones, you only needed one year. I mean, I thought, yeah, you yeah, only need you one also, year to get done. It's just there's no guarantee a lot of times that you're going to be the starter two years from now, right? Because competition will change. Recruits will be brought in. The portal will look different that next offseason. It's just a risky play, I would say, for a guy who doesn't know whether or not he's walking into a starting job. 
Yeah, very. But JT Daniels. The, the Dylan Royola thing is pretty Thank interesting. Yeah, weird, crazy. Yeah, going to Nebraska. I mean, uh, he was committed to Georgia for a while. Um, and then you would think that you know the the greener pastures for him or you know a team maybe like maybe like Ohio State because they're losing McCord, right? And you know we look at uh, uh, all these SEC teams and stuff like that, but. Yeah, I mean, Nebraska is an interesting one, and uh, hopefully it works out. I mean, it'd be cool to see Nebraska get back on the map, and he was the top quarterback, top player in the entire uh, recruiting um, class this year for 2024. But there's still a couple of names out there. You know, we mentioned Will Howard, Cam Ward, um, our guy Malik Murphy. Uh, Duke is right now the favorite to land him with Oregon State coming in second. Uh, DJ Uangaleli. Uh, rumored to maybe go to Florida State or Louisville up in the air. Um, so yeah, we'll see how this all shakes out. Um, the the longer this like waits though, you know, the longer that like I haven't seen Malik Murphy commit to a school, the more I'm like, dude, why didn't you just stay for an extra two weeks to to see if we can, you know, get a ring on your finger and celebrate with us? <laughs> well, he could. I think he'll still get a ring. No, he'll get a ring, but I mean, like, he won't be on the sideline. He may no, he's like gone. what happens if Quinn goes down? You know, he might not get a snap. Like. That that's he might never get a chance to ever play in a college football playoff at Duke and Louisville. Probably not on a real if that's where he's th- thinking of going. Yeah, the Dylan Rayola thing is super interesting. I guess like Carson Beck announced he was coming back today, so yeah. that's probably why he's jumping ship. Um, uh, I mean, from he, Georgia, he feasibly could be their starter day one for the Corn Huskers. So probably should be. I mean, look, they were five and seven, but they lost a lot of close games. I and mean, again, we've said this time and time again. We know how Matt Rule can return a program. Like he he took Baylor from the dead, so I think he can do the same at Nebraska. Um, real quick, guys, I do want to cover a little bit of the Sugar Bowl. I want to ask you. I pose a question: Which quarterback means more to their team, Michael Penix Jr. or Quinn Ewers? I think this is really obvious. I think it's Penix. Um, I don't necessarily know that the Huskies are where they are without him. And to be honest, like I love Quinn so much, but you know, I think that we might have still been able to get to this place that we are if we had another quarterback. I mean, if if Malik kept on playing, who knows? Maybe he matured a little bit. You know, stopped making as many mistakes. I mean, he did. He was two and zero. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. pretty obvious. Yeah, it's on the it's it's on paper. Um, but panics what he's been able to do for this program and getting to New York for the Heisman um, award ceremony. I mean, that's huge. And he really just transforms this offense. I mean, he balled out last year against us in uh, the Alamo bowl and mm-hmm. we had a quite a, quite a level up for both programs to get to the sugar bowl and college bowl playoff. Yeah, absolutely. T. Yeah. I'm going to go. I agree with everything that Nick says, but I'm actually going to say Quinn because I think he, if he's playing his best football, he not only makes our team the best version of what it can be, he becomes the connector to all of our different incredibly talented skill position players, but he gives us an extra element of being not just a good team, but being an elite team and being a national champion. And I think if you pull Penix, like Penix to me, I'm not, I'm not wholeheartedly in belief that they are a national championship, national championship team with him at the helm. He has to play really, really good football, and he had to play really, really good football this entire season to keep them in games, to win them games. But I think we still haven't seen the best of Quinn, and we've seen our football team play really, really good, dominant football the last two weeks of the season. And if he is playing at the highest caliber of what we know he can do, then I think we're the best team in the country. Hmm. And so I think if you pull that off of our roster – 
you know, certainly now it, it even more becomes glaring because we don't have Malik, right? We have Arch, who's a guy that has only played what, you know, less than 20 snaps. Like I just, we can't not have a great performance from Quinn, not yeah. only in the semi in the semifinal, but going forward if, if we win this game. Well, his value definitely goes up a lot more now that Malik is off the roster and you know, the backup will be Quinn. I mean, I mean, or Arch, I mean, no disrespect to Arch, but he is a freshman. He's played limited snaps. My question to you though, with that is, is the gap further from being a, a national champion to where we are now with Quinn at the helm or him not at the helm than it is for Michael Penix not being at the helm and them not even being in the playoff? Because I feel like they're not even sniffing the playoff if he's not on their roster. So is it the guy, like, that's what I was going to ask, is, like, what's more important, really, the guy that yeah, they wouldn't well, have I, gotten there without or the guy that makes their team the best team in the nation, like you said? Because I thought that was a good it's point. A, it's a fair criticism, but I also disagree with the earlier point that if we had Malik starting, that we would be in the same spot. He won the two games. He won them ugly. I know that he's not as good of a quarterback as Quinn. He shouldn't be. He hasn't played as much football. If we were in this position with Malik, which I think, like, the committee might have been a little bit more favorable to the University of Texas in comparison to what they did with the Florida with Florida State. I would not believe that we were winning this game. We wouldn't be favored in this game, certainly. Um, and I wouldn't have the confidence that if we did win this game somehow, because our defense played a phenomenal game, that we would be able to win the national championship. I just yeah. don't think he showed me enough in the small amount of play that that he's that difference maker. And I also think that like I just I feel like look Quinn was one. You, you look at his high school recruiting rank. Like, there's a reason why he was recruited as highly as he was. There's a reason why his composite score was as high as it was. Like, this guy can be a real difference maker, the best, the best quarterback in college football if things are going right for him. And I also think they run the football really, really well. Mm. I'm talking about. I'm talking about Washington now. They run the football really, really well. I think they have an incredible <laughs> core of wide receivers. Mm-hmm. And I know our defense is good, but I know that if Quinn is great, that we are nearly unstoppable. And it's just, man, more than anything, it's just like, that's been a long time since, since I've had that confidence in our entire roster, not to mention our quarterback. I think that I am still with, I'm with Nick, but, I'm not as emphatic as I was because at the beginning of this question, when Nick was like, yeah, no question, I kind of was like that. I think he put up a really good sway toss. I just really don't think the Washington Huskies are here without him. I don't think – A part of this is like we just kind of have to watch it play out. Oh, we're going to have to watch it play out. If we win by 20 points – But we will. We'll watch it play out. If we win by 20 points, I feel like my intuition is right about this. Sure. And that it wouldn't have mattered whether it was him or someone else. But – yeah, like I, I, it's interesting. It's like, cause like Penix Jr. is like, you were anticipating like they need him just to keep him in the game, just to keep it like interesting. Like Quinn, Quinn could be really good. He doesn't have to be, he doesn't have to be what he was in the Big 12 championship for us to win this game. He, it, it more so relies on our defense having to be what it was the entire season and get some serious stops, completely uh, negate the run game from the Washington Huskies and force Penix Jr. to beat us. So it ultimately, the, the result will really answer this question, who was more important to their team. I don't think who's a better quarterback is, I think that's a very tricky situation because obviously Penix had, it's a loaded question because Penix, Look, objectively, he had the better season. He went to New York. He was second in the Heisman in the closest race. He was the better. He's older. He was the better college quarterback this season. By and large, like I really – I keep bringing up the point to people, not even just on our show with you guys, and I think you guys are with me 
Quinn has two really good games. We come out on top in these both these games. Him. He could jump. He'll he will jump him. He's a better prospect. The issue with Quinn Ewers and you know the issue he's had really, I felt not really last year, but it did bleed from last year was injuries. He missed significant time last year. He missed significant time again this year, which is another reason why I don't think like if he has two really good showings, even if we lose the national championship, if he balls out, we win the sugar bowl, he balls out again. And that game's tight, like similar to USC, Texas, yeah, take the money and go. You have to, because what are you going to run the risk of getting hurt again? You've gotten hurt two years in a row. You get yeah. a hurt third year in a row in college. It's easier to get hurt in, in the NFL than it is in college, right? And it's, it's often slow when you're making, you know, $20 million on your rookie deal. Yeah. And I don't think it's as gimme of like a year in the quarter. Everyone's like, oh, we'll be the first quarterback taken next next year. I don't think it's necessarily, it's not, it's not a gimme at all because Carson Beck was lights out in the second half. I mean, Toss, you were on that early. He was lights out in the second half. Look where Jaden Daniels, Jaden Daniels went from a guy that's probably going to be drafted in the third round, fourth round. He's going to be a top 10 pick because he won the Heisman Trophy. You don't think Shador, someone's taking Shador Sanders early. How could you not? Look at that value. His value is still leaps and bounds bigger than Quinn's. And that's just NIL. Like you, you get a good, a crazy family, a loud family, a great family, a great football family with that. A good comes with that. Good marketing comes right. with that. Especially if you're the Atlanta Falcons and they don't take a quarterback this year, we know where they're going next year. So I, I think that it's not such a gimme. It's not so black and white. Um, but I would say that Penix has been more important to getting his team here. He's been the more pivotal piece, but we'll see who's more important ultimately. Come yeah, New Year's Day. What, uh, uh, just real quick before we hop off here, there was a, a couple of rumors on, on X, on Twitter, whatever your fancy is on, on what you want to call that particular Twitter. app that, uh, there might be more guys staying than we think. I saw with the that. Texas Longhorns. Did you see that? And I don't know whether or not to believe it. And particularly, I think Ooh, they the were rumor. referencing offensive skill position players that would be staying um, without naming any names. I think they were alluding to Jatavian, which is interesting. Um, I don't believe that's going to happen, but we certainly wouldn't say no to it. So, I mean, in my opinion, I don't I, I like – He's gonna be a late first round, early second round pick. Like that's that's we've seen him his value there, and he's another guy who had injury this year. And you know, once you get shaken up once, like you don't want it to happen again. And you, you know, you you want to go out and and collect a bag in the NFL. I mean, nil aside, you're never gonna make more money than you would in the NFL. And I think people are talking maybe about eighty. Not to cut you, Nick, but people are talking about eighty two. Because I think you could lump him in here, Nick. Which I that's also another head scratcher because it's like you've accomplished literally almost everything that you need to accomplish. You've won two natties on your way to a third for you know two universities. You've worked your way into mock drafts that have put you in the first round of the NFL draft. Like I really don't know how much more you can achieve in college football. If you're maybe if you're trying to be like a top fifteen wide receiver taken in the draft, but I don't really know much more he can do to get there. Like. Mm-hmm. He's not Marvin Harrison Jr. Like that, like we've he's talented, but I think those are the guys that are like clear cut, like going top five. And I don't know the 80s clear cut, you know, leaps and bounds gonna be the top five go get them freak um that people want to trade up for. But in my opinion, like I think you just kind of let this play out and and see what happens at the end of the season. But if I had my money on it, like the only guy that I can really see staying is Jonathan Brooks. And obviously like there's no guarantee that he even stays. Like if he, like, he might've said, okay, I tore my ACL, but I'll bounce back and, you know, I'll let a team take me in the third round 
and I'll I'll work for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. If I yeah. had my pick, if I had my pick, it's a good point to bring up. If I had my pick of guys to stay, of like you know underclassmen who could, discluding Quinn, who you know you know as of now is staying, I would probably say Byron Murphy. Honestly, keep that interior like intact. You know, we're going to lose sweat. I would no no shake on Ad Mitch, who was my MVP of the year. No shake on Jatavian Sanders. I think we're going to get Brooks back because of the injury. Um, but having Byron Murphy back with all these edge rushers and all these edge pieces, how great he was yeah. this year. I actually think he could continue to take his value up. And he's probably right now projected as a third round draft pick, third or fourth round pick. Yeah. But so, so you have a bit, so you become the guy at Texas. You have another year like you did this year where you get ranked, you know, in the tops of PFF's rankings. You work your way to first or early he's, second. He's the number that's one. A, that's a difference of millions of dollars. He's the number one in passing and in interior alignment. He was number two overall behind Sweat, but he was number one on in, in the passing game in the interior alignment. I think his that. knock, and this is nothing that he can work on, is size. I don't think he's the biggest, you know, at his position. I think I think he's a little undersized for what he is. I mean, you put him next to Sweat, and like he kind of, you know, looks like I would next to Sweat. Yeah, but like I, you know what? But we've met Aaron Donald up close and personal, and that guy was True. real moves. So like you could always continue to develop your skills and develop your game. So if I could pick one guy to come back, I think that would be an exciting pick for it's me. A good for pick. Him. And for him, like like look, a no no shake on the Big Twelve, but like we know how people value the offensive lines, the SEC, particularly the interior offensive line. Like I I, I think that him coming back and playing some of the top interior guys in the SEC, I think it can only even increase his value. Yeah, yeah, but. Regardless, I want what's best for these guys. At the end of the day, you know, it's it's cool to put a bunch of boys in the class and and let them, you know, get drafted and that looks good on us and that continues to have recruits want to come in here. And like I said at the beginning of the show, if you missed it, we've got a record setting early enrollees for 2024. It's going to be awesome. That just means more time, you know, getting getting acclimated to the system. Spring football is pivotal. It's huge. I mean, if if you don't know what spring football is like, uh, it's a really good place for you to bond with your teammates, for you to really kind of figure out what you need to work on. Um, it's for the coaching staff to really get a true identity, you know, for who's going to be, you know, be their starters next year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you go through a lot of trials and tribulations. You, you fight with your teammates. You, you, uh, you know, work with your teammates, you yeah. love your teammates. And at the end of the day, like I think spring football is huge and to have all those guys coming in here to play with this team, it's going to set up for big success next year. Yeah, absolutely. Really well said. All right, gents. It was a pleasure and an honor, as always. I'll see you guys soon, tomorrow, that being. Uh, fans out there listening, hook em horns. We'll see you guys next time. Fisher Disciples, DJ, Nikki Snacks, Rider. Quan will be back, like Nick said, at the top of the show this week, so get excited with our special guest, hook em horns. See you guys next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V 
on YouTube.